2: If you're watching along, twitch.tv slash F4W video, I think my bald head broke the camera. It will not turn on. So we're going to try and figure this out as we get going. But at the end of the day, it's a radio show. So we shall continue on unabated with the audio version of this program. And it is Sunday here on the program, so you know what that means. a lot to talk about from this past weekend and, of course, a lot to talk about going forward. We got segments announced for Dynamite this week. We got segments announced for Raw, including... And I couldn't even believe this when I saw it. A match that I don't remember ever seeing. And they are claiming it is a first-time-ever match. Now, if you've watched Raw, if you've watched SmackDown... I mean, I can't remember the last time we saw a match that we'd never seen before. Like, to get a first-time match in WWE nowadays... You either gotta call somebody up from NXT, so like everybody that Keith Lee wrestles would be a brand new match, or you gotta bring in like, you know, the Rock's gotta face somebody. But as far as like people that have been on the roster for a long time, a first time match, very, very rare. So we'll talk about that. We got the ratings for SmackDown on Friday night. We could talk about SmackDown as well. And, uh, UFC this past weekend, New Japan, the New Japan Cup Finals have been set on NJPW Strong. And our own filthy Tom Lawler will be in the uh, Finals. So we'll talk about that and uh, plenty more as well. Plus, UFC put some tickets on sale for the UFC 264 show coming up on July 10th. And it will be indoors, and it will be full, and it's sold out in... Moments. We'll tell you about that and so much more. Back in a moment, everybody, Wrestling Observer Live.
3: Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, come, my lady, come, come, my lady, come, my butterfly,
2: sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. The staple thing she got me sprung with your tongue
3: ring. And I ain't gonna lie, cause your loving gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing that I won't try. Butterflies in the eyes and the looks to kill.
4: Head to ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at ReliefFactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at ReliefFactor.com.
3: I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-251-7460. 800-251-7460. 800-251-7460. That's 800-251-7460.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: What's going on, everybody? Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Resume, Mike is there. Can you hear me, Mike? I, I can hear you. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here, but what can you do?
6: Hey, you're a giraffe.
2: What are you? Is your video up? Yeah. Well, I'm why me. shouldn't we just have it on you then the whole time? They'll love it. All right. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to get into here today, everybody. Where to begin? Let's start with the, uh, the big match coming up on Raw. I was, uh, I was unaware that there was such a thing as a match that has never been seen before, but in fact there is. And it is Randy Orton versus Braun Strowman. This match has been announced for Raw on Monday. First time they have ever faced each other in a one-on-one match. I could not even believe my eyes when I heard that. So, I was thinking about this match. Here's a full lineup for Raw, then we talk about this match. We got Charlotte versus Asuka. We got Drew on the hunt for answers after being attacked by T Bar and Mace. Yeah, because he can't figure out what happened. And Randy Orton will be facing Braun Strowman. So this was on the uh we talked about this last night at Observer Radio and on our message board. Uh somebody had uh, noted, you know, what this sounds like to me they said this sounds like Alexa's getting get involved. And I thought. Now this is all very confusing. So here's the deal. Correct me if I'm wrong. They did a match with Randy Orton and The Fiend at a WrestleMania. And Alexa Bliss had a bunch of goo come out of her face. The Fiend was distracted. Randy Orton hit one RKO and pinned him. Even though we saw an angle like two weeks earlier where Randy Orton hit the guy with an RKO and he didn't sell it. Anyway, he sold it at WrestleMania. So then it appears from the following night's Raw, correct me if I'm wrong again, that Alexa appears to be evil and the Fiend is friendly, right?
6: Uh, well, he's uh, he's trying to give off those vibes that he's back into funhouse mode and that, yeah, she's more... But she's clearly, clearly they're feuding. Now. That's the point, right? They're feuding. I don't know. That wasn't really declared, was it? It she seemed said to be. She was going to be evil, and he said the funhouse is bad. No,
2: she was talking about how this, this, she actually used the term little girl uh, repeatedly, I might add. For those of you that were trying to explain that she wasn't pretending to be a little girl, she actually called herself a little girl twice. She said that this little girl was taken in by this, this creep, and now she has is, she is, uh, taken what she's learned and used it against him. That sounds like they're feuding. OK, point of all of this is how can this I don't believe this feud is going to continue. So Randy is a heel and it, and it appears that the fiend is a baby face. But Alexa now is also a heel. So what this should be is Alexa should be on Randy's side. I think. Am I looking? Am I reading too much into this?
6: You may be, but that's the whole thing with this, is it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Bray Wyatt didn't appear to me to be a baby face? He didn't at all. Now Alexa's got a doll named Lily. How does that play into things? I can't believe I'm talking about this. But it's like, I don't think those things were ever really clearly defined on where they stand with each other. Even with Randy Orton. Randy Orton has now excused himself from The Fiend. That was very clear last week when he said he was going after this title. But has Alexa forgotten about Randy Orton? Like you mentioned, does she have plans for Randy Orton? Does she have plans for Braun? Because, you know, Team Little Big or whatever it is. I mean... I guess there's a zillion ways you can go with this. I don't know if any of them are going to be good, but I don't know. The bottom line is, much like you, I was surprised that we were getting a first time ever match between these two because with all of the history that Randy Orton has had with the Wyatt family, I just would have figured at some point down the line we would have seen these two in a singles match or something against each other.
2: Well, apparently we have not, and I guess uh I guess we'll see. The other thing there's other thing that's also interesting about this. And yes, I am thinking a lot about The Fiend. I can't get over the fact that I'm a giraffe. I can't get over this uh, this Fiend deal because I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not. But remember when we were going on and on about how stupid the match was? And then I said on top of everything else, it was even more stupid because uh, this baby face got burnt. Literally burnt to a crisp. And uh, this was his chance at revenge. And then he goes and loses. Remember I was talking about that? Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't supposed to lose. He was supposed to win. Going into WrestleMania, the idea was the Fiend was going to win the match, and then at some point before the show, Vince decided, well, let's put Randy over with the RKO. So now, now, it's even more confusing. So prior to WrestleMania, I mean, what was going to happen? The Fiend and Alexa were still going to be together? Did Vince realize that, ah, these people are going to boo this this stupid angle, Let's, let's end it. Like, what the heck happened that he changed the finish... Why are they they uh they breaking up? Like what's going on?
6: You're asking me? I have no idea. They don't know. Why what's am going I interested on. in this dumb <laughs> storyline? It's nuts. And again, you just have to we'll see. the 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 infamous words. We'll see how it goes, you know. We'll see we'll see how what happens on Monday. I mean, that's all you can really do because again, all of these things are up in the air right now and Unfortunately, because it's WWE, you know Braun and Randy aren't going to have just some singles match with something determined at the end of it. You know, one winner gets their hand raised and no questions asked. This is obviously leading to something. And with Alexa floating out there with her stuff left up in the air, does she haunt the women's division? I mean, they need stars and they need stories there, right? So, I mean, could she play some effect over that? I have no idea whatsoever. And I'm still not... You know, considering what he sounded like on Raw last Monday night, Bray Wyatt becoming back into the Jim Jonesian type of of cult-leading, charismatic, tent revival, you know, everybody-come-join-the-flock type of character, I wouldn't be too surprised if they don't pivot back to that in some sort of way with a new coat of paint. So also we've got, uh, that's the lineup
2: for that, for the AEW show that's coming up on Wednesday. We have a bunch of matches announced there we got a got sheet Taikanti for the AW title. They announced that last week. Hangman Page will be facing Ricky Starks. Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Penta versus Trent of the best friends. And by the way, if you uh, checked out, do we have to use that picture, Jared? I'd rather be a giraffe for crying out loud. Uh, do you ever notice when they do the graphic? Uh, he
6: didn't put that picture up. I, he was
2: getting ready. I had to uh, put an Get X-ray it right on Dish, it. Come on, show it. No, Have some guts, on. Garrett. It Do it. Ridiculous. You kidding me? Anyway, uh, you know, somebody did the graphic for that match. They put the big question mark after Trent because that's the uh, the gimmick that he had. And it's like who in America has any idea? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like a normal person on TNT looks at it and they're like, well, "That's a weird typo. His name is
6: Trent." Hey, look, even people, like, when he was using it on the indies and everywhere else were just like, you know, why? <laughs> you know, and I guess if you liked it or were, were in on it, great. But I think for a lot of other people, yeah, it was a question mark reaction. So anyway, the other
2: match you've just announced, uh, Darby Allen is the TNT champion, and he uh went on Twitter and told uh, Tony Khan, pick anybody from the top five, I want somebody on Wednesday. Now, far be it from me to... uh pull a brit baker here, but like if darby allen says pick anybody from the top five tony i mean should it be the number one guy
6: not necessarily yeah it should if these oh, rankings good. mean anything
2: not necessarily. so anyway tony randomly picks a number three guy
6: you're screwing this up it's
2: jungle boy mm. no i'm not because brit baker's sure? entire point is a heel was it this rankings thing is BS. It should have nothing to do with anything except who is the most marketable. That was the heels argument. Okay? Tony Khan in Storyline then is told to pick anybody in the top five. And instead of picking number one, he picks the
6: most marketable. because you don't know how these that means work when it comes to Grid
2: Baker was right. No, no. Anyway, he's facing Jungle Boy for the TNT title coming up on uh on the show. That's Wednesday. So that should be a... Uh, that should be a great match. And we'll see if they beat this Jungle Boy again or if he ends up winning the title. And I'm going to ask your thoughts when we come back, Mike, who you think should win. Back in a moment as I uh, as I continue on, Wrestling Observer Live.
3: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Dude, we had clips of the hair match during the break. Which, by the way, I, uh, I had forgotten until uh, just now, but I never put the entire hair match on any of those DVDs because it was so horrible. I just uh, I put up an edited version of only the stuff that was any good. And I was stunned to see... That I did a Pescado in that match, which I, I didn't, I thought I had never done one Pescado in my entire life. And apparently I did one and uh, I landed on Vinny of all people. I trusted him to catch me. Well, that's a soft landing. Well, yeah, but I mean, he could have been in the wrong position. Well, I, I could have landed on his, his bony head. <laughs> anyway, who do you think is going to win this Darby Allen Jungle Boy
6: match? Darby Allen. Darby Allen, I don't see there any reason to to take the title off of them. And look, when it comes to this rankings thing and records, I hate the fact that they show records in AEW. I just don't see why. If you're forty nine, ah, so you agree with me? I thought so. Look, that part of it, I think, is ridiculous. But I think just having a simple top 10 list would generate enough interest and you can do enough things off of that. It's not like it's necessarily a throwback thing to the past, even though promotions like the UWF and everybody else have used them for years. But even in real sports, you have a top 10 list. That's why you have fights with contenders, because they can't get a title shot, in theory, under these rules, because you got to beat somebody in the top 10. you got to get into the top 10, which is why, from a sporting point of view, in a way, this one makes a lot of sense. As Tony Khan, the promoter, he was told by a fighting champion in Darby Allen, man, just give me one of the top contenders. I'm to fight somebody on national TV. And Tony Khan said, okay, I'll give you somebody in the top five, one of my most marketable guys. Now, I don't know how exactly Jungle Boy is in the top five. No offense to Jungle Boy. I really don't, but whatever. That doesn't matter. The fact is he's there. So to make that match from a sporting point of view, from a – From a sports point of view, it does actually make sense. But I think they jumble this up, and there's a lot in AEW that just kind of goes all over the place sometimes. And their utilization of the records and these types of rankings, I think, is it needs to be centered. And I think you wouldn't have such an issue with this, and I don't think anybody would, if they... They built off of it in a much different way than they do right now. Kind of in the way that they, I think, a lot of people thought that they they had intended to at the very beginning of this thing.
2: Well, I do think that uh, Darby Allen is going to uh, to win, and uh, he should. They got they got plenty of time with this jungle boy fella, but the most most important thing here is Darby Allen is uh, is a mover. Darby Allen. Does great numbers for AW, and he has been doing them for a while. And he did them this past uh, this past Wednesday as well. His uh, main event with Matt Hardy did very, very well. Uh, I believe the peak of eighteen to forty nine, in fact, was uh, the Darby Allen match. So I think that uh, when a guy's hot, you keep the title on him. And I expect it'll be a very good match, and we'll see where they put it on the show, because uh, they've they've very clearly been structuring their shows in a very specific way. Uh, very specific, in fact. The main event always starts at the exact same time, every single week without fail. I think that the uh, they always do a big open, a big top of the hour, and a big main event. And the rest of the stuff they they try to balance out as well. But uh, opener is always a hot match. Uh, big stars in the uh, second hour, top of the hour, and then uh, big match at the end. So and I think we- that he
6: can fit in any of those three spots and do very well. Sorry to stomp on your point right there. but uh, I know we got a couple of days to think about it, but do you have, you know, one of the things about AEW, we get a lot of run-ins, we get a lot of nonsense outside the ring and things like that. This would be a case, at least for me, and you can think about this, but I say you just have a great match with the two. I say you open up the show with both of them, and if you want to do something where you're continuing on a feud or doing something after the match, okay, after the match, I'll accept that, but darby allen defeating jungle boy clean after a great match where these two guys are probably going to do a lots of lots and lots and lots of awesome stuff probably to a you know whether in tv or in in person they're a pretty wrapped audience you know for for these two because as you mentioned you know darby allen's definitely a mover and jungle boy obviously you know has got his you know legion of fans or his segment of fans for sure so I would love to see a clean pin here for the champion to go over because I don't think Jungle Boy would lose anything with it at all, and I think it would be a great way to open that show.
2: All right, so the SmackDown show on Friday night, I want to make a couple of notes here. I was uh, I was flabbergasted, and I realize I say that all the time and I should never be flabbergasted by by WWE, but I was flabbergasted. The show opens up with Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and Paul Heyman. And Roman Reigns cuts his promo about how he has destroyed and defeated and smashed everybody and there's nobody left, which is a fair statement. No Edge on the show, no Daniel Bryan on the show, by the way. So he's about to leave, and who should come out but Cesaro. And Cesaro wants a match with Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns just walks off. This leads to a segment later where uh, Paul Heyman agrees... That uh, they will give Cesaro a match in the main event. But he says it will be a match against Jey Uso. So, of course, in storyline, we had no main event for this show. Just want to throw that out there. So that's scheduled to be the main event. And they're in there. And Cesaro clearly needs to beat Jey Uso to get the shot at Roman Reigns. Because there's nobody else. So they're doing this match. Cesaro needs to beat Jey Uso. And he's going for his spin or whatever. And uh, Seth Rollins runs in for the disqualification. And I was just flummoxed. Really? I'm, I'm like, wait a second, okay? Wait a second. So you need a main event for WrestleMania Backlash. And, like, we can't just set it up. We've got to have Seth Rollins run in and prevent this guy from beating Jay Uso when you've already said there's nobody left. Okay, it'd be one thing. It would be one thing if this. The, 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 by if, the way, if this, for hold on a second. There,
6: the giraffe just settled in his chair.
2: If this was John Cena, okay, or if this was The Rock, somebody, some big star, bro. The whole storyline that they have been telling us is Cesaro has been an underachiever for his entire career. He's never got a win at WrestleMania, and he finally did, okay? So Roman Reigns coming out here noting, you know, I I destroyed Daniel Bryan and Edge and beat them both and stacked them like cordwood together on the same night. Bro, you need a big, powerful guy, a well-pushed, powerful guy to give anybody even the smidgen of belief that this guy can beat Roman Reigns. He goes out there. He can't even beat Jey Uso because Seth Rollins has to run in and attack him. Then they tell us Seth Rollins has PTSD about being swung. (laughs) I'm like, my God, this is going to continue? I thought I was done with this at WrestleMania. He has PTSD over being swung. Do you know how many people in this country actually have post-traumatic stress disorder? And now we're being told that this guy's got it because he got swung? So... He runs in, and now... So I was really upset, but then I feel mildly better. We actually do have four more weeks before WrestleMania Backlash. It's not until May 16th. So maybe next week they can announce at the last second that is going to face Seth Rollins. He damn sure better beat him. Then he can beat Jey Uso, and then you have still two more weeks until the WrestleMania Backlash show. But, I mean, even with that, I just could not believe... <laughs> like Cesaro could not be Jey Uso in the main event of this
6: show. You've never had post-traumatic swing disorder, bro. I'm come on, you? this is so horrible. Now, is this something that's going to continue throughout uh, Seth Rollins' career? Is this something you're going to go back to? He gets into an airplane spin type of position, and then he's gonna he's gonna make that face he had when the fiend was scaring him, when the red light was on. Is I can't handle this. Oh man, the the options you have later on down the line with Seth Rollins here, but. I, you know, I look, I don't mind the fact that Edge and Daniel Bryant weren't on there. In fact, I think that was probably better. They lost. Get them out of there for right now because you have Cesaro here. Why Cesaro just didn't murderize somebody on the same show that I don't know, maybe Jey Uso murderized somebody like that would have been sufficient. And you could have had the promos from Paulie and from Roman and from Cesaro To me, why do this to set up another match later on? Because that's all they're going to do anyway when Cesaro finally gets the victory over Jey Uso, which, of course, gets him to Roman Reigns in the match at WrestleMania Backlash. Why, instead of doing that, just why don't you just have those two guys who might be... Have them face off later on, but have them both kill somebody now. All Jey Uso does is is act as Roman's uh, right-hand man. But all he does is lose when he's put in that position. Why not once in a while he go out there and put on a performance, put on a show, and beat somebody? The same thing with Cesaro. It wasn't necessary to have this. You could have it at an angle with with Seth and Cesaro later on down the line. Why not have Cesaro dominate over somebody, beat somebody clean, and hey, he continues his winning streak from WrestleMania instead of doing what they did, which frankly, is just lazy, in my opinion, because you're not building towards anything. You have this lingering thing with Seth Rollins now, and you have him not being able to beat Jey Uso to get to Roman Reigns, who doesn't really want to give him a match anyway.
2: We also have the Fast Nationals. I guess we'll see how it does in the final number. But uh, under $2 million for the SmackDown after WrestleMania, 1.997. Down 4% from last week's overnight number. 2.001 million first hour, 1.992 million second hour, and uh, that's it. When we come back, your calls and more, because it's Sunday, Wrestling Observer Live.
7: That's rexmd.com.
5: Time for your Small Business Report presented by Dell Small Business. Even though you may feel like it's not essential, it's smart to have an accountant you can go to as needed. Not necessarily hiring one to keep on staff with you, but finding a certified CPA you can hire to do your taxes when the time comes and get financial advice from when you need it. It also never hurts to have an accountant review your business's cash flow to make sure you're covered in an unpredictable economic situation. If you know your numbers and stay on top of them, you'll always be in a better situation. And and that's your Dell Small Business Report. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? hmm mm-hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. uh mm-hmm. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said, and can provide tailored mm-hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard.
0: I understand. Let's get started.
5: For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel V Pro platform, call an advisor today at eight seven seven Ask Dell.
2: Your outdoor experiences could be better. Clearly
6: better. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Kanan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses. And they're nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Kanan's sunglasses elevate your experiences outside, with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Kanan designs and manufactures are high-performance eyewear to be clearly better than any sunglasses you've tried before. Use the exclusive code kanancast 15 at kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Kanan. Clearly better
1: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
2: in the show brian alvarez here wrestling observer live mike sempervivi also of wrestlingobserver.com what'd you do your internet your
6: camera looks better not, well, I don't know. The The Internet was uh, got a new modem, so that might be it. It's also beaming sunshine through this window right now, which that's making me wonder about something here, Brian, since you, you just shaved your head and you were bragging about the fact that the, the SPF was so bad in Washington State SPF. that there would be no way you could walk outside and maybe burn the top of your head. And I'm starting to wonder right now. If you didn't just burn the top of your head and you're embarrassed by that, that's why I all said of a sudden the UV camera race, is not
2: working. You dummy. And No, that's not the issue. And I did I did uh get some sun on top of my head. So I, I don't look as much like powder. The issue is his camera's not working. That's it. What do you want me to do about it? Unplug it and plug it back in. Well, we did unplug it. We did plug it back in. We did turn it on. We turned it off. We tried manual. We did we did everything. It won't it will not power up. I don't know why.
6: Can we at least get, like, one of those, like, shutter frames of, like, you know, a, a variety of pictures from your past, you know, like no. throughout the years of Brian g uh, Giraffe
2: is fine. Uh, see? We have Giraffe, we have uh, Squirrel Hebner, and then we got you. The I least human-looking characters. of the three. Now, listen, we're going to go to the phones. Honolulu is very sad in the chat that he's not allowed to call, but I'm, I'm a stickler for this, Honolulu. I need to see your grades come up. You get one test where you'd get a decent grade, and I'll lift it for the weekends. All right? But definitely no more calling during class. Do you see, Honolulu, that you're doing poorly in algebra, and you're also calling during class? Do you
6: see how these two might be correlated? At the beginning of school. That's That's an algebraic term, by the way,
2: correlation.
6: Yeah, that's the crazy part is during the week, he's calling at a time where school is just beginning out in Honolulu. This man just got up. This child just got up, and he's supposed to be happy about his future. This bright light that's shining in on me right now is supposed to be uplifting him, being educated, opening your mind to all of these new things, and immediately you just shut it down, listen to this show, and don't do your algebra homework, making Brian very upset. My God. Come on, Crunchy. Do better.
2: Hey, we need to come fix the camera someday, Crunchy. All right, uh, let's go to the building. You're on the air. What's up?
6: Hey, good afternoon,
1: gentlemen. Shout out to the Twitch homies and shout out to David in Honolulu as well. Best wishes on your algebra
2: exam, sir. Um, <laughs> real quick, Best wishes. I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this sham of a show last night called the Triller Fight Club. Oh my god! I don't know if you watched it, but it was an absolute, just an absolute train wreck of a show. It felt like this old man who was trying to be cool with the kids these days, bringing in Justin Bieber and, and giant robots and, and, and Jake Paul, this
1: complete idiot Jake Paul, crying like he won the World Heavyweight Championship. What an idiot.
2: Um, but to this point, I, I do believe the show is going to do more than one million buys. Uh, I don't think it do? will do any less. I think there was, yeah, I think there was enough uh, mainstream appeal to the point where it's going to do more than a million. Very interesting. Well, I want to thank you very much for the call. So I, I did not see it. Uh, you know, Dave was talking about the thing on, uh, Wednesday, I believe it was. And, uh, he goes, this, this is a line Dave always used. I guess I should. He always used the term should. Like there's some sort of, uh, there's some sort of Dave Meltzer law. I guess I should watch it, he said. I don't want to, but I guess I should. So he watched it I guess and uh, he did such a poor job building up that I didn't watch it because I was like he doesn't want to watch it why should I watch it he should well I, I don't I don't should so I didn't watch it and then uh, I texted him yesterday I said is it you and me tonight I'm watching SmackDown and UFC but not this pay-per-view you know what he wrote he wrote yeah I'm watching the pay-per-view it's amazing I was like oh man I missed an amazing pay-per-view so we start doing the show and I said, Hey Dave, I hear I miss an amazing pay per view tonight. Tell me about it. He said it was awful. <laughs> well? I said, What? Was it amazing or was it awful? He said it was amazingly bad. I said, You didn't say amazingly bad in your text. You wrote and I quote, It's amazing. It's amazingly bad, he said. Then he tells me all about it, and quite frankly, it sounds amazing. It is. It so was. I think I should have watched this show. I missed oh. out.
6: All I saw was the main event of it, for the most part. I saw a little bit of clips here and there. The amazing part about Triller is the amount of money they're willing to spend and throw out there for anything and everything, including except for security, because if you just typed in Jake uh, Paul against Ben Askren into the search on YouTube, you got like 75 million streams with about 75 million people watching it. So I don't know how this thing did buy-wise, but you were buying... A party coming to your home. I think the way that Dave said it by bringing up the old Howard Stern New Year's Eve thing, that's kind of what it was. It's kind of in some ways what Versus does with these battles while the the pandemic was going on. And these DJs that do these sets where they have a background behind them and they got some people with them. And we're going to bring the party to you. And... Are you high? Because we are. Are you doing shots? Because we are. Hey, look who just walked in. This guy over here. Hey, they're going to fight. Let's watch a fight. Hey! It was, you were literally buying, you were just watching a party, and you were invited to that party by paying 50 bucks to get in. You know, that was the door fee. And that's all this was. That's what this thing was. People were actually really upset with Ben Askren and really upset with the results from the fight. Oh, God. Can I
2: talk about Ben Askren real quick? Well,
6: the whole, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, this
2: guy's got a question here. And I saw this all day. Honestly, who thinks Askren took a dive, raise your hand. Listen, okay? This is conspiracy 101. I can't believe that Ben Askren was was knocked out in whatever it was by Jake Paul. It must have been it must have been a uh a dive. Listen. Let's let's use our our brains for a second, alright? Ben Askren got major hip surgery several months ago. He was told not to do any physical activity for one year by his doctor. Okay, If you saw Ben Askren, he was following doctor's orders. He appeared to have done no physical activity leading up to this fight. And people go, ah, wow, well, it was seven months ago or whatever. Yeah, it was seven months ago. But, like, if he was going to fight, he should have started training three months ago, which would have been four months after major surgery where the doctor told him not to do anything for one full year. Okay? So you got a guy who has not been training. He uh, was never a great stand-up fighter. He just had major hip surgery. He's completely out of shape. And he's going in there against a guy, whatever you want to say about the guy, but he's a way better boxer than Ben Askren. Why would you be surprised that Ben Askren got killed, okay? Number two, number two, wouldn't Ben Askren want to win? Let's say that they said, Ben Askren, we're going to give you a half million dollars uh, to go in there and face this Jake Paul fella, and then Ben Askren uh, The rumor, and I do not know if this is true, so I'll just say this is the rumor. The rumor is that he was also getting X number of dollars per pay-per-view buy, okay? So this guy may have made a ridiculous amount of money to do this fight. Now, if Ben Askren goes in there and he loses in one minute or whatever to Jake Paul, do you believe that Ben Askren is going to headline the next one of these pay-per-views with all this money on the line? No! But what do you think happens if Ben Askren goes in there and with a bad hip, out of shape, he knocks out Jake Paul?
6: He kills the franchise. He's
2: guaranteed another payout.
6: Wait wait a second. No. I knew that's where you were going. And I I would stop you there because you were right about a lot, almost everything that you said to that point. I'm not saying that Ben Askren wouldn't want to win if he was in perfect physical condition and everything or that he would not have taken a punch that knocked out Jake Paul. But... From a promotional point of view, him just being on the card next time around and getting a payoff to come back when he's fully healthy again to maybe even be in a wrestling match since there's going to be a zillion different things happening on these shows, kickboxing match, slap fight, this, whatever. I think that should have been more of his M.O. because even if he beats Jake Paul, what are you selling next time? The rematch next time the rematch i don't know don't even tell
2: me that rematch would not draw if this one drew a rematch is guaranteed to draw guaranteed we've seen it a million billion times in mma and boxing and everywhere else
6: i don't know brian because like chavez frankie randall you know i mean like there's a lot of times where you're right in some cases that's the case I don't know if that would be the case here or if you're going to have a lot of people that just look at this and go uh, on to the next one. Now, here's the thing. Ben Ask if they have a next one, Ben Askren doing that to Jake Paul and then fighting the next one. Oh, my that God. That would be a different story. Oh, my but- God.
2: What? This person here. I agree with Mike. Boxing never does big ticket rematches. Bro, listen. What? You find me.
6: one no that i didn't say that don't say that that's ridiculous well let me get my other point forget
2: whether you said it or not my point is this you find me one one i'm not even asking for two five one you find me one ufc rematch that did not do better than the original fight find me one and if you do then you can find me five but the point is you're not going to find a lot of them the rematch Ninety nine point nine percent of the time does, and it doesn't matter what happens in the first fight. It does no? The it people
6: can't. pay for the second fight. Look, you don't know that when it, you're talking about fighters. You're, this is a pop event. There are sometimes when the balloon bursts, you lose it after that, and that's the one thing too about a lot of the nonsense they had on this show. Is like okay. Remember when K-1 would have these fights and Bob Sapp would be on it, but there would also be Kung Lee. There would also be, like, all of these personalities. Same thing with Pride. It's like, at some point, Jake Paul is going to, like, get knocked out or something's going to happen where you do lose that. So who else do you have, you know, in the thrillerverse verse that you can put out there? What pop icon do you have? What else can you do to keep this kind of nonsense running and moving? And I don't know. I mean, to me... Look, Ben Askren would have win, winning that fight, that would have been the worst thing that could have happened for this whole franchise.
2: Oh God, more here. Uh, this person, uh if the fight was good, people will buy again. Bro, people don't buy whether the fight is good or bad. They They're never Brian have.
6: They never have. They have, but not to the degree you need to make ridiculous money. People, when you make ridiculous money, when we talk about these big events, it's the casual. You're buying the event. You're going over to somebody's house to celebrate the event. The hardcores will always be there, but they're a very small portion of the base you need to have these gigantic numbers.
2: All right. We got all these people still on the line here. Bedford, you're on the air. What's going on? Well, Tyson and Holyfield it drew great numbers on rematches. Uh, the person that's saying boxing matches don't draw on
6: he's rematches. An is look at incorrect. this idiot. Yeah, but look he's look right. Look at this jackass. Look at this pucks. He's right. This malacca. Of course, you're going to agree with him. The guy who's a giraffe yeah, on camera right now. He's stated a Two puppets. Two Muppets. Look at him. Ryan, at him. Ryan, Pathetic. you're absolutely right.
2: Sad. Thank you very much for the call. Get off the phone. Oh, get out of here, Mike! You get out of here, Giraffe Boy! <laughs> you're such a gimmick. Ryan actually makes a legitimate, factual statement, and
6: you tell I'm him he's wrong. I'm trying to tell you about what happens when this gimmick ends. If he gets knocked out, you lose the opportunity possibly to continue on with that gimmick, and that's all this is. Oh, like after Connor got
2: knocked out and he draws bigger than ever,
6: dude? Please, it's, you're just gonna—you're really playing I apples and oranges? I could name a hundred.
2: Mike ahead, Tyson. Mike Tyson never drew after he was knocked out by Buster Douglas. Never drew again. <laughs> Come on, get out of here. You, you know better. You, All right, you Ports, know better. Port's mouth. You're on the air. What's going on? Mike's got a mouth like a port today. <laughs> Go ahead.
7: <laughs> this is Brandon from Virginia. Um, hey, want to get your thoughts on Pat McAfee's commentary on Friday? I know I really missed what he was doing in NXT, but
5: I'm looking forward to whatever. Hopefully, they have good plans for McAfee in the future. So. Yeah, want to give your thoughts on
2: that? All right, I want to thank you very much for the call. I thought McAfee was was fine. I had people that called and said that, or not called, but texted, and like, ah, he's the greatest they've ever had. I don't know if I go that far. He was uh he was good. Hopefully, he will get better. Um, I couldn't help but notice that he stood up. That'll never happen again. Anyway, back in a moment, Observer Live.
3: You are listening to
1: Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back here in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi also of WrestlingObserver.com. This expose of this Scott Rudin bloke. Who? I shouldn't laugh, but... Uh he was uh, the force behind such broadway hits as to kill a mockingbird book of mormon oscar winning movies such as no country for old men quoted several of ruben rudin's former employees uh, alleging misdeeds including quote slamming a computer monitor on an assistant's hand and throwing a stapler and baked potatoes at two others <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be funny, Mike.
6: Uh, I'm sorry. it's it's not. But you know, you got a guy just in real life. There, I follow
2: wrestling, and then I read something like this, and it's like, guy's on the ban list for that. You should see the stuff that goes on in wrestling.
6: Say so nobody crapped in any bags or put any uh, lighter. Food oh in man, if somebody inhaling... did that,
2: holy smoke! Man, all right, what do we got
6: here before we go?
2: Algebra sucks and I don't blame Honolulu. I know that! That's beside the
6: point. Did you see what he wrote in the chat, by the way? What'd he say? I do not need to use a vertex form and end behaviors to hit a 450 splash onto an opponent in a Dave Meltzer five-star match to become the AEW World Championship. SMA. Honolulu thinks he's going to be a wrestler? My head, this is inhumane. Inhumane, Brian. You're treating him inhumanely, this poor child. This poor child just wants to have hopes and dreams to become a big wrestling star. But you know what? David? Listen, this Honolulu
2: is called. He needs a backup plan. You, you gotta finish school, buddy.
6: In education, yes, sir. Alright,
2: we're out of time. Thanks for listening today. Sorry you couldn't watch. We'll get it fixed. Sorry you had to see Mike in a giraffe the whole time. We'll do better tomorrow. That's it, everybody. Thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners of the studio. We'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.